You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. A blessed Sunday to everyone. Good morning. Shall we open our Bibles in the book of John chapter 21? We will continue the series entitled, When God Asks Questions. And this is the fourth question that we have uh, talked about. At first, we talk about the question of God to Elijah when he asked him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then we discuss about the question that God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? And then last Sunday, Dr. Rosalita expounded to us the questions of God in Job chapter 38. When God asked several rhetorical questions, and one of those rhetorical questions was, where were you when I created this world? When I built the foundation of this world, where were you? And today we will be looking at the question of Jesus to Peter that says, do you love me more than this? And so let's look at John chapter 21. Our text will start with verse 1 and it would end in verse 25. But we will only be reading beginning with verse 13. Verse 13. And the word of the Lord says, Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my ship. He said to him on the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my ship. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk whatever, wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch your hands and some, someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would go, he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. There was one time that I had committed a mistake with someone. I won't tell you what kind of mistake that I did, but I committed a mistake. And so that mistake of mine was dealt with already. And so I had a chance to be conversing with a person. But what I was feeling deep inside me was, while I was talking to the person, I was recalling the mistake that I have committed before him. And so I was in deep shame while I was talking to him. The person already moved on from that mistake that I have committed, 
but I dealt with myself in that manner that even if he showed to me that I'm okay with him already and he's good with me already, but deep within my heart, there is a shame. There is something that recalls what I have committed. So this is not just somebody reminding us about our mistakes, but reality is that when we are the ones who made a mistake, oftentimes we find it so hard to step out of it because there are scenarios that would make us recall of our past, of our mistake. A few moments earlier, Peter was really perceived as someone like a go-to guy among the disciples. He was the person who saw Jesus walking while they were on the boat in the midst of the storm. He saw Jesus walking on water, and it was only Peter who said to the Lord, Lord, if it's you, tell me to step on the water and I'm going to walk with you. And Jesus told him, okay, come out of your boat and then you walk with me. And he started walking on water, but he started sinking also when he began to fear. He's the kind of guy who was so passionate about the Lord. And he's also the person who mentioned to Jesus, Lord, I will never betray you. I'll never deny you. Even if I'm going to lose my life, I'll not do that. And so this is the guy who, who made a lot of commitment to display a lot of passion before Jesus. But one time, after the Lord's Supper, they were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was the place where Jesus was arrested. When Jesus was arrested, he was brought to the high priest's house. And while Jesus was interrogated by Caiaphas, along with his father-in-law, the former high priest Annas, while they were interrogating Jesus inside their courtroom, Peter was outside. And while he was there outside, somebody looked at him and said, you are with Jesus, right? And Peter said, no, I'm not. And he was there one early morning in front of a fire because he was warming himself. The people outside the house were warming themselves. And so take note of that scenario early in the morning and then he was in front of a fire. And somebody noticed him and told him, you are with Jesus. He said, I, I'm not with him. And then another person said something so similar, you are with him. No, 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 no. I'm not with him. I don't even know that guy when he was asked for the third time. So Peter denied Jesus three times. Early in the morning, in front of a fireplace, right after when Jesus officiated the communion. Okay, take note of that. That evening, Jesus officiated the Lord's Supper. It was the communion. Following day, early morning at dawn, Jesus was interrogated by the high priest, Caiaphas, with Annas, and then Peter was outside in front of a fireplace. Now move forward. Jesus was crucified. He was buried. And then he rose again. And he started appearing to the rest of the disciples. Now this time, this time, Peter said, I'll go fishing. Jesus was already resurrected during this time. He appeared a few times with the other disciples. In fact, John made it clear that this was the third time that he appeared to his disciples. And so after those incidents, Peter said, I'll go fishing. Because formerly, he was a fisherman. And so some of the disciples who heard him say those words ran away with him for fishing. So when they went off the shore and then tried to catch a fish. 
That morning, they didn't catch any. So they went back near the shore. While they were there on the boat near the shore, that early morning, what happened? Somebody at the shore shouted at them. You didn't catch any, right? And they heard voice of that stranger at the side. And they said, we did not. There's nothing here in our boat. It's empty. And then that stranger said something like, you cast your nets on your side. And out of nowhere, the disciples followed him. They cast their nets, and then they caught a lot. When that incident took place, John, he often revealed himself in the text as someone who was loved by Jesus. He, he made himself so discreet in the text. Maybe I don't, I don't know what was his reason why he did not say, John told Peter. No, the disciple, some Je- disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it was the Lord. It is the Lord. And when Peter heard that that stranger at the shore who told them you cast your net on that side and you will catch, when he realized, when Peter realized that it was Jesus, he geared himself and then went off. He, he jumped to the water and swam toward Jesus. That, that, that was the passion of this person. He was so passionate about the Lord. But when he was there at the side, the breakfast was ready already. The rest of the disciples went to the shore also, and the breakfast was ready. Jesus inf- invited them to eat. And here is something that is remarkable. Jesus prepared not only a fish, he prepared and distributed a bread. Now, what's significant about that bread? That bread would remind Peter of something. What was that? That a night before he betrayed, a night before, I mean, he denied Jesus, a night before he denied Jesus, something happened that involved an element of a bread. What was that? It was the Lord's Supper. The rest of the people in Israel were remembering the feast of the Passover. And yet Jesus instituted something new. Something that involved a bread. A symbol that he's going to break his body. That he's going to die. He's going to shed his blood so that he could offer salvation to mankind. The disciples didn't understand that yet. But this, this time, when Peter saw the bread, I believe it reminded him about something. What was that? That incident the night before he denied Jesus. And then what was the time? As I have said, after that Passover meal, they went to the garden. It was early in the morning. Now they went out for fishing at night. They came back at the shore early in the morning. There is an element of the bread. There is an element of time. This was like a deja vu experience of Peter. You know what a deja vu is? Something that you go through and he said, you would say, this, this seemed to happen already. It's like a repetition of what happened in the past already. And Peter was aware of that, I believe, because he was reminded about the mistake that he had committed. An element of bread, an element of time, which is so similar, the same. It's early in the morning. And when they were there, sat before Jesus, he sat before a fire where Jesus cooked the fish. 
the element of bread, the element of time, the element of fire. It was like a repetition of what had happened before Jesus died on the cross at Calvary. And that was, very, the, the, that was the very moment that would make Peter even recall further what he did. Why? When they were at the garden, Jesus was arrested. He was brought to the house of Caiaphas. That was early in the morning. It was the morning when he was in front of a fireplace when he denied Jesus. It wasn't only me that when I faced that person with whom I committed, to whom I committed the mistake, I kept on recalling the mistake that I had done. And I cannot help myself but felt so, so ashamed. And Peter, I believe, had that experience as well. Oh, come on. The bread element early in the morning of all the hours within the day. Why is this happening this very hour? in front of a fire. And after the breakfast, Jesus brought him to the side. Peter, come on. And he asked him a question. Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this? Now, it's so important to understand the word this in understanding the text. Do you love me more than this? Plural, T-H-E-S-E. Not a singular form, but the plural form. Do you love me more than this? There are many possible interpretations of the word this. First, it can mean, do you love me more than the fishing, the people that are with you when you are fishing, the profession that you have before I called you? Do you love me more than this? Because the text would tell us that they went for fishing, right? And this is very reasonable that they placed their hopes in Jesus. They thought that he's going to be the kind of mes the Messiah that they were perceiving back then that is going to bring Israel to freedom out of the hands of the Roman, Roman Empire. They were thinking about that matter. And maybe they had placed all their hopes to Jesus and then he just died. He was buried. All hopes are gone. And Peter said, hmm. Let's go back to the default. What was his default? His default was fishing because that was his profession. Now, it happens, happens many times that when you try and venture on something new and you make a mistake and there is a failure and you are disappointed, you go back to the default, right? It happens to us many times. There is a new skill that we try to, to really develop in our lives to venture with and yet when it fails when we are disappointed the most common thing is we go back to the default Peter's default was fishing so he said I'll go back fishing and Jesus confronted with him with a question do you love me more than this it's a high possibility that the word this pertains to the fishing activities and it is not only an activity for Peter because fishing was his profession. Fishing wasn't only his profession, it was his life. Are you trying to, do, do you get what I mean? If you're a teacher and your being a teacher will be removed from you, what will you be? It's hard to decipher. Why? Because if you have been teaching the whole year, all of your life, 
You don't know what you will be without being a teacher, if not being a teacher. If you're an engineer and you have been practicing that profession for 30 years already, and suddenly it's going to be taken away from you, what will you be? It's hard to decipher. So for Peter, fishing wasn't just an activity. It was like his entire life. And Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me more than this? Now, that's the first possibility of understanding the word this. But it could mean another. There is also a possibility that the word plural this pertain to the miracles that Jesus performed. Why did they say that? Well, look at the text itself. They caught nothing the whole night. And yet that morning, somebody at the shore and a stranger to the disciples at that moment told them, you cast your nets. And they did that. It was only a miracle that can make it happen. They were, they were there in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, in the middle of the lake for the entire night. They caught nothing. And yet at that morning, they were there at the shore already when Jesus said, cast your nets. And they caught. It was a miracle. And then prior to that, if you look at chapter 20, the last verses of it, what did the writer say? He said, there are many miracles, signs and wonders that Jesus performed that are no longer recorded here. And then added to that as a warrant that the meaning of the word this is the miracles, you look at the last verse, last verses of chapter 21. There is like a repetition of the thought that he mentioned in the last verses of chapter 20. When he said, there are many miracles that Jesus did that were not recorded anymore. So when Jesus asked Peter, the second possibility is that, Peter, you just experienced my miracle again. Do you love me more than the miracles that I have done? And this is very possible. Why? Because if you look at the ministry of Jesus, there were several individuals who followed him only because of his miracles. They followed him because they received healing. They followed him because they were fed. They followed him because they were able to witness extraordinary events in life. So Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me more than the miracles that I have performed? That's a possibility. Another possibility is this. Peter, do you love me more than this? The this that he pertained to was that moment when he noticed that Jesus was at the shore, he jumped from the boat and swam straight to Jesus. Do you love me more than this display of passion that you have for me? Because he's the kind of guy. As I have told you, they were in the midst of the ocean and the storm was there. Peter saw Jesus walking on water. It was only him who said, let me walk on water too, Lord, like you. It was only him who said that. When Jesus was arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane, when the soldiers tried to hold Jesus, it was only Peter who drew his sword and tried to strike the neck of the soldier. Well, somebody said, it was only the ear. Oh, I haven't seen anybody trying to strike a person, trying to hit the ear only. He was trying to hit the neck. He just missed it. He just hit the ear. Only Peter did that. The rest of the disciples were silent during the arrest. So if you look at all this accounts in the gospel, you would see Peter as someone, someone who really shows his passion for the Lord. 
And so Jesus brought him to the side, Peter, do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this show of passion that you have been displaying before me? Whatever is the exact interpretation, I, I don't know. I am only giving you all the possibilities and all have basis for it. It can be the profession of Peter fishing that speaks about his entire life. It can be the miracles that Jesus performed in which many of the people really followed him only because of his miracles. Or it was the display of Peter's passion for the Lord that over and over in the history within the gospel, you would see that he displayed his passion for the Lord responding to him. What's the meaning of the word this? Those are the three possibilities. We don't know which exactly. Maybe we'll ask God when we're there already. We don't know exactly what's the meaning of the word this, but whatever it was, it was connected with the word love. Peter, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? If it is a profession, do you love me more than your profession? If it was the miracle, do you love me more than the extraordinary things that I have displayed before you? If it was about the passion, do you love me more than your passion to play the drums? Do you love me more than your passion to come to church? Do you love me more than your passion to share the gospel? Do you love me more than this? And take note of the answer of Peter. He said, you know that I love you. And, for the, and Jesus responded to that. Feed my sheep. And then for the second time, Jesus told him, do you really love me? Peter said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, tend my lamb. For the third time, Jesus said to him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was offended. He felt bad about it. Have you heard, do we have husbands here? Oh, don't raise your hand, especially if your wife is beside you. Just kidding. <laughs> have you experienced being asked by your wife, do you love me? Somebody said, don't worry, I'll tell you if I don't love you anymore. But some people would ask, do you love me? Because they want a reaffirmation of what they received from you in the past. Maybe you failed to say it in the, in the past weeks, but that wasn't the reason why Jesus asked him. Peter was offended already. And take note of Peter's answer three times. When Jesus asked him, do you love me more than this? Do you love me? Do you truly love me? And then do you love me? Peter's answer always started with the word, you know. And the word you know, may it be it's a oida or ginosko in the Greek text because there are two words that were used by Peter in responding to Jesus. Do you love me more than this? He said, oida, you know. Do you love me? Truly, do you love me? Peter said, oida, you know. And then the third time, do you love me? And Peter said, ginosko. Meaning to say, the first two times, you know, you have the content you know in your mind that, you love, that I love you. The third time, ginosko, it's the same thing. 
you have the data in your mind that can tell you that I love you. Peter really was basing his answer on those facts that he perceived that Jesus knew. So Jesus wasn't asking just for him to say it. First, Jesus wasn't asking just for Peter to say that he loves him. Second, Peter wasn't asking because he wants to know, because he knows already. Diba? He knows everything. That is, why, that is why Peter said, you know that I love you, Lord. You know. You know that. You know the facts. There is nothing that I can hide from you. So why ask me three times? Mm -hmm. Can this be another element of the Dejabu? The element of the bread. The element of time in the morning. The element of fire when he was outside the house of Caiaphas denying Jesus. The number of the denials and the number of questions about love three times also. Do you love me? Three times. He was reminded about it. And Jesus asked him the question. Not because he wanted to know the answer. He knew it. Jesus asked him the question not because he just wanted Peter to express it verbally. Jesus doesn't need it. But he asked Peter, do you love me? You know, Lord. Do you love me? You know, Lord. Do you love me? You know, Lord. When Peter answers those questions, three times also, because three times he was asked with those questions. When he answered those questions three times, he was reminded of his love about the Lord. Then after which Jesus said, you know, when you were young, you geared yourself, you dress yourself, and you go anywhere you want to go. But when you're old, somebody else will do that for you, and they will bring you to somewhere that you don't like to be. And Jesus was so clear. John clarified it that Jesus was talking about the death of Peter. Don't you know that Peter died through crucifixion also? He died through crucifixion also. And Jesus was telling here the kind of death that he's going to experience. Now, here is a very important thing in this encounter of Peter. While it is true, human as we are, when we make a mistake, we always remember that failure that we have done, that mistake. And it's so hard for us to take another step that whenever we are confronted by the person we offended, we think of ourselves as something so small, something that is full of shame, something that is not worthy, someone who does not deserve. That's how we think about it. But when Peter had an encounter with the Lord, the question was not given, wasn't asked to put him down. But Jesus asked the question so that he will be reminded about his love for Jesus. Because oftentimes, the love of God is, it, is it's not at, it's not at question. Often, the very thing that is at question is our love for him. Peter was asked, do you love me? And it was a reminder for him that he truly loves the Lord. Jesus doesn't question whether he loves him or not, actually, in the real sense. Jesus knew that Peter loved him so much. And yet Jesus would like Peter to be reminded about his love because that love that he has for the Lord is the only motivation that would make him last in his service for his master. That is why when you look at the following statement of Jesus after he third, the third time he said, I love you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, 
you're going to die for me. It entails a motivation that can bring you to that kind of scenario. Only love can do that. And this is a reality. It's good for us here in the Philippines because we don't experience too much oppression from other faith. We don't experience too much oppression from people who are so liberal. We don't have it here. But talking about people who live in another country that are hostile to the gospel, you know what they go through? They go through sufferings. I have classmates from Vietnam. You know what? They are put to jail for preaching the gospel. I have friends from Bangladesh. His father-in-law was shot to death because he preached the gospel. And they kept on doing this despite the element of danger in, our, in their midst. Why do they do that? Because of love for Jesus. When we are confronted with difficult times in life, it is only our love for the Lord that can make us, that can sustain us. Love for Jesus. That's the only thing. When they are asked, why do you keep on doing this even if your lives are threatened? Because we love the Lord. One time I related a letter, a letter from a lover to the lady. Ang ganda ng letter eh. It contains words that would really tickle the heart of the girl. You know, Laura, I love you very, very, very much. I am deeply and madly in love with you that I am willing to cross the Pacific Ocean for you. Imagine. I am willing to cross the rain of fire just to be with you. I am willing to neglect my studies just for you. And then at the last of the letter, there is a PS. When love letters were so, what is this word, common, was commonly used by young people in courtship. There is the word PS, postscript. See you at the church if it will not rain. What? You're willing to cross to win the Pacific Ocean. You are willing to cross even a fire. And now you would tell the lady, see you at the church if it will not rain. Is that really love? It's a question. And Jesus was telling Peter, do you love me more than this? And he pointed death after that. Because the point of the matter, our service for the Lord will only be sustained by our love for the Lord. If you follow Jesus because you saw a miracle, you might be disappointed later if he will not do it. He has his own prerogative. If you follow Jesus because your life becomes so smooth, you might be disappointed later when there are storms that would come into your life. If we follow Jesus because we have a lot of friends in the church, we might be surprised later that our friends will get in conflict with us. But if we follow the Lord because he's, He lavishes us with His love, 
And in response, we have the gratitude for him, saying, Lord, out of gratitude, I love you so much. That's the only thing that this world can never erase. But keep on following because the greatest motivation in following and serving the Lord is love. Lastly, when Billy Graham was invited to speak before young people who will be sent as missionaries to Africa many years ago when he was still alive, Billy, in the session, asked these young people, you're going for missions. He asked them, why, do you, why did you make a decision to go for missions? Someone said, I have the passion for the lost. And Billy said, yeah, you're right, that's good. Someone said, I, I felt so passionate about the Africans that I want the gospel to reach them. And Billy Graham said, yeah, that's a good, that's a good motivation. And someone said, because my parents are missionaries. That's what we have been thinking of even when we were still small. We follow the step of our parents. Well, that's good. That's a good reason. The end of the session, Billy said, if those words you uttered to me were the only motivations that you have, I tell you, you will not last for more than a week in the mission field. And everyone was shocked about it. They were waiting for that greatest motivation that Billy would give them. And Billy said, it's only love for Jesus that will make you last in your following, in your, in your service that would make you last in following him. Love for Jesus must be our motivation in everything that we do. And that's how Jesus empowered Peter. While we often look down at ourselves, while we often curse ourselves because of the mistakes we made, by the time he encountered Jesus, he felt that. He felt bad about himself. The Jejabu experience made him feel that. The element of the bread, the element of time, the element of the fire, the denial three times, and the question of blood three times, he felt bad about it. But Jesus was there not to condemn him. Jesus was there to motivate him. Peter, I know you love me. Then shepherd my flock. Peter, I know you love me. You'll die for me. And the same words that Jesus is telling every one of us. John, I know you love me. Marites, I know you love me. Kyle, I know you love me. Mark, I know you love me. Eunice, I know you love me. James, I know you love me. Mark, Joven, whatever your name is, Jesus is telling you, I know you love me. Keep following me. Keep serving me. Because his question for, for Peter is a question of motivation to keep serving and following him because we love him. And he knows that you love him. God bless us all. Good morning. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekayak Ministries. See you there!